We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still in his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Well, welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is our midweek podcast. No Michael Knight. He's busy causing, well, hate and discontent throughout the world, actually, just Bakersfield as they get ready for the big, big week. Um, here on my end, it's a heck of a night to talk some football with all the weird stuff going on in the world with politics and with COVID hitting the Patriots and especially the Titans. And you know what? At least we can stay normal for a little bit with Rams football and the big game out there in Washington this weekend. Big because the Rams need to come back off of what was a tough, tough loss, right? Wait, wait. It was a loss? 
No, it was a win. It just was, you know, as Johnny and Steve talked about in Bunny Heads, it felt like a loss. The way they played, the way they kind of came out there, and were especially on offense, was just reminders of some of the issues the team had last year. And because of that, it certainly felt like a loss. They didn't come back and just tear up, the, tear up Washington right here. And they have the, the, the tools to do it. But Washington has some talent. And Rod Murray from the Burgundy Brothers comes on here in a couple minutes, and he does a great job in really kind of breaking down the Washington franchise right now and our big preview. And this thing, I'm talking, seriously, one of our best preview interviews yet ever in terms of the detail of the conversation. It went everywhere from the scandal surrounding Washington to the change from the Redskins' name to now the football team to uniforms all the way down to Army versus Navy. Two veterans uh, from different sides of the, of the aisle here um, going at in conversation. So good stuff with Rod. Really great to have him on. And we got to have him back again. Um, some good old collaboration there, man. Men in group conversation. So before we get there, though, I want to ask you to head over to Apple Music. Leave a five-star review. Let us know what you think we're doing right. And if you don't want to leave that five-star review because you don't want to hurt us, but you can't quite feel ready to do it, just send us an email. Right? Something 1945. Let us know some feedback on some things you'd like to see on the show that would help us earn that five-star review and also earn your ears and to listen to our shows more. Okay. Find us on social media at Facebook. We have the Rams Talk page. We also have a group, the Rams Talk Room, and of course, RamsTalk.net, where we have several of our writers who are really able to tell some good stories about this team. Especially, I can get Bob. Bob. Bob Smith is an old time writer, man. He loves to get into the history. That's the whole reason Rams Talk was ever born was the history of the team. And go list, go, uh, go, go read some of the stuff. And of course, listen to our shows, Butting Heads with Steve and Johnny. They had a good show. They've been really kind of raking in of light. They've really been putting out some good stuff. And of course, we're back this weekend. So all that said, I want to go right away to our preview for the Redskins Rams with Rod Murray from the Bergen Brothers. Alright folks, it's time for our weekly preview. Here is Rod Murray from the Burgundy Brothers podcast covering the Washington football team. And you, ca- you caught me really early. Right away I said Redskins and you immediately had to you know, correct me, which you, I, I can't do this, man. 30, 30 some years of me watching the team be known as the, as the Washington Redskins. That was the Washington football team. Rod, what on <laughs> earth is going on? We've got, we got name changes in the last minute during the summer. You've got scandal out there. Uh, hey, and man, a team a- that changed the quarterback today. What's yep, going on? Yep. It's been a busy all season, man, and it's it's shaping up to be a busy season as well for us, man. But um, a lot of tur- turmoil, uh, a lot of change, a lot of excitement. I, I mean, I don't want to be remiss and I say it's not an exciting time for us, but uh, it's a team with a black eye, man. And every time we take the the ice pack off, somebody punches it again. It feels like. So let's start from the beginning here. You know, we're here to talk football, but there's a lot of things that our fan base hasn't really gotten the the point of view on. So first and foremost, the scandal, you know, all the shenanigans the, the, the Redskins organization was accused of in terms of the ladies. Uh, what's going on with that? What's the story? Yes, yeah, so there were allegations that a, a former, former personnel members of the Washington football team, um, with just sexual harassment, discrimination towards females that were associated with the team, a lot of allegations that were um, laid out and um, just an unfortunate situation altogether. Um, right. And, 
some people tried to include uh, Mr. Dan Schneider for whatever reason. If he was involved, if he was not, I mean, that, again, this is an ongoing investigation, to my knowledge, that the NFL is involved with. Um, and just, uh, again, at the end of the day, it's very, very unfortunate, right? When you when females, even in alleged situations like this, um, you, you have to put a keen eye to it. So it's important to get to the bottom of it. Um, while doing that, right, we're going through an entire names change, right? So we're having to deal with that as well as far as formerly being known as um, the Washington um, Redskins and what, what that, that name has been for years and years and years and years and just a, the social climate that we live in today, it was uh, it was important for the team to make a change, right? So we announced we're going to make a change and we probably take the most bland implement, implementation approach by rolling out just the most generic name possible, right, um, mm-hmm. with the Washington football team. And that was well received by some and a, a laughing stock for others. So you deal with that as well, that, that whole situation. Get a new coach in, Ron Rivera, and it, then it's announced that you know he's unfortunately uh, dealing with cancer, um, doing a, a season with so much change and so much turmoil. And again, I'm not even discussing the coronavirus that all teams are dealing with, right? Um, so that's another piece. Then we, you see a, a, a massive overhaul with executive positions, right? Jason Wright is now our team president. Bruce Allen was out of the door. Julie Donaldson, who's doing a great job with the media team, replaces Larry Michaels, who was a voice of the Washington football team for 20-plus years. And he was allegedly involved with these uh, situations as well, um, going back to um, the first thing we spoke about with the uh, sexual harassment and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff surrounding the team. So it's just been a, a very, very – um, all a very very like <laughs> bad off season, really, just to be put it plainly. Um, where you're dealing with a lot of a lot a lot of distractions, um, in the game of football, right? And some of the majority of the players have nothing to do with it. They just want to play the game they love and grew up having a good time with. And coaches just want to coach, but unfortunately, you can't do that. Um, when you got everybody eyes on your organization as a business, not just as a football team. So, and then today, Dwayne Haskins. Quarterback that had that I would make an argument has had one of the shorter leashes that I've seen just not only replaced, but essentially like almost fired in a sense to that he's not even the backup anymore. He's he's going to third string to the point to which I you rarely see three quarterbacks dressing the game. So you go from starting a week to now just going to be in sweats. So having to deal with that situation as an organization now and then the backlash with the media. So it's a it's a fun time to be a Washington football team fan. Um, is that sarcasm? No, no, it is. I'm gonna say it is. It is. It is. It's it's on it's on brand with everything we've seen um, this entire off season and even last season with Jay Gruden and that whole debacle. So it's it's part of course being a Washington football team fan. You just kind of learn to be patient and you just pray for the best, but you expect the worst. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I just want to just kind of clarify. Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the scandal itself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I use the term light very loosely, all right? Because there are people that are, that are affected by this that are going to deal with this for mm-hmm. the rest of their lives and, and, they're, and they're tarnished by it, right? So I I, I don't want to use the, the term light. Yeah, it's bad um, choice of words on my part. Yeah, by right. by light, I mean is there an end to it foreseeable? You know, is there is there a way that can end? Sooner rather than later, like is it is it in sight? Optimistically, I, I think there is. I, I think uh, again, there's there's some 
relationships that need to be mended, whether that be in, in, in public or behind closed doors. There's some conversations that need to be had. There's some training that need to be had. And there's some self-reflection um, amongst those that were involved in, in alleged to be doing these um, horrific um, allegations. So I do see relief. I think that might be an easier term to, to use. I think there's um, some resolve ahead of us. Um, a lot of resilience <laughs> for those yeah. like going through this whole process. So uh, I see something. I don't know if it's a light or like what to call it, but I do believe there's an end in sight. But again, when you're dealing with stuff like this, I don't think everybody will be, it'll be mutually accepted. It's at least from on the outside looking in, it, it does appear like some, some bad things really happen there. And considering this is an NFL franchise with, you know, the, 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 the prestige of the league involved and the fact that this is 2020, this is not 1960, 1950s. This is us. This it just I, if it blows my mind that the scandal even happened. Why are we even talking about why we have to talk about? Because we haven't ha- addressed this yet, but that we have to talk about that's even a subject that would even come up just seems ridiculous to me. It just seems completely uncalled for, and it stinks. It stinks. Well, that's the world we live in, man. A lot. Yeah. There's a lot of conversations that we're having in 2020 that you can make the argument. Like, we're still talking about this. We're still dealing mm-hmm. with this, right? And it, yeah. so it's not just broad level more socially speaking now it's, it's way more topics um that and i'm sure we thought 10 years ago that we were light years ahead of but unfortunately we're not um and we have to deal with them as 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 is appropriate right um so yeah and another uncomfortable topic is that is the name change daniel snyder for years resisted change the name all of a sudden here right before the season starts the name changed. The Redskins announced they're going to change the name, and then we wind up with this general Washington football team thing. Uh, you don't like it? No, no, no. <laughs> I, you, my, but my feeling is a little bit different. I think that, you know, if it, if it's going to be called out for racism, then it should have been done decades ago. Like this should have been put out of the way decades ago because now you've built a brand around the quote Redskins name. All I ever knew growing up was Redskins and, and the logo on the helmet and so on and so forth with the colors. And now it almost seems like it's forced PC when this really should have been something that should have been handled a long time ago. This should have been something that should have been stomped down 1975, not 2020. And then for it to happen right before the season, it just it's bad. It's more bad PR heading into the year because you, you, your, your colors are probably going to stay the same, I'm guessing, because those colors are, are iconic. but your jerseys are what, you know, and your everything is what. And it's going to be this way for a whole football season for everybody to see. It just seems like a mess to me. Like, wh- Heck, why wasn't this done four or five months ago? Why did it happen the way it did? Well, timing is everything. Um, I will say, in my opinion, right, th- there may have been some external factors that played into this. Actually, well, I'm not. I'm about good 60% sure it was. Um, and again, you you have to change. You got to be open to change. I'm, I'm not Mr. Dan Snyder probably wasn't there before. Uh, I know before there was like, in a, he even went to, I think it was a Supreme Justice case. So I know it got pushed to the courts where um, he he won a case where he didn't have to change it. Right. So um, it's not just Daniel Snyder and, and the Washington football team or decision they made. Other people outside of the team felt it deemed it was okay too. 
Um, mm-hmm. And again, is that is that okay? No. But but again, I, I can't. You can't condemn somebody for not working on your time. Right? The the most important thing is that they did come to their senses. They made the decision, albeit maybe not when we thought it should happen. But the change is being made. You know, and you can have your reservations about the Washington football team and that rollout because I, I definitely say I do. But again, it's all part of course. When you're a Washington football team fan, you learn patience. Um, and, I'll, and all I'm happy about and I'm optimistic about is the attempt. There's a genuine attempt happening right now to involve the fans, lay out a, a good, solid plan, not one that you're just winging it, which, I mean, someone can make the argument that this whole Washington football team was a wing. Um, and within a year, I believe we'll have something that'll go for the next 75 years that that our kids can, if they watch Washington football team games, it, they'll know them as the Washington Right, right now the big thing is the Red Wolves. Not a fan of it, but that's the that's the, the go to name. So whatever it is, right? It's about starting a new legacy and starting it right. Sure. So, now, so I mean, last question. We'll actually get to the football here. What, is there a name the team is leaning towards? I mean, you're hearing Red Wolves, but we've heard Red Tails. And is there something that you think will eventually come be be it? No, I'll be honest with you. I don't know, man. I uh, Red Wolves is the is the thing that's always sticking around. Red Tails, I think, was just a. Uh, some of the moment, it was the flavor of the moment, just given, like I said, what socially where we are right now. Um, and I think somebody put, put it out there and then individuals ran with it because they th- started throwing jersey concepts out with it. Um, the Washington Warriors is a big one. So I think they have a name, but right now they're doing a, a competition or a contest where fans can submit ideas as well. Uh, so I think by week 15, 16, There'll be some leaking of some some jersey concepts, some actual names. But right now, the Washington football team is what it is. They're branding everything around it. And again, at first, I didn't like it. But I will tell you, I'm warming up to it temporarily, like for the short term. So I'm excited about that now. I didn't have any bought any Washington football memorabilia, and I won't. But uh, uh, like I said, it's a uh, it's part of course. So. When you're talking like you're warming up to it, right? And I'm sitting there thinking, hmm, we just did our whole our whole uniform change, and I was dead set against it. Oh, dead set against them doing this whole gradient thing, the bone thing and everything. And now it's week four, going to week five, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that that blue looked pretty good in that sole. It does look good, man. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I said the same <laughs> thing about uh, your jerseys as, mm-hmm. as well as the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons look straight out of uh, – I forgot what movie that was with Adam Sandler. Um, they um, did the football movie. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm just trying to think. Same yeah. thing. The name is totally. It's, it's slipping me right now, but the, the movie. Longest Yard. Was, what's that? The Longest Yard. The Longest Yard, exactly. I, those jerseys were spot on those. Mm-hmm. And then I saw them Monday night in the all whites. And I'm, I'm, I'm hey, man, I, I had to second guess my original thoughts. So the jerseys grow on you at the time, man. So I can't be too mad at any of them. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like for the Rams, we saw those things on day one where we're like, they got the colors right and they still mucked up everything else. And then you, you see them wear them. And at first you're like, oh gosh. And then when they, when they finally got the combination with the, with the yellow pants last weekend, like, okay, you know what? I'm okay with this now. They figured it out. Well, it took them four games to do it. For the, for the football, Russian football team, I actually kind of like, I kind of like the jerseys actually, what they are. I kind of like the name on the helmet. The number on the helmet. I kind of do. It look. I think it's. I think it's a retro look. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm used to it from college. But like it, it reminds me of Alabama. I love Alabama's uniforms. I love their color combos. 
The only thing missing from Washington is the all-white unis. If we go back to all-white, I don't care what the jerseys look like. I think that with our color scheme, you're looking at a top 10 jersey right there. But I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in legacy uniforms. Like I believe that certain teams, due to their history, just you don't mess with the uniforms. For me, those teams are the Steelers, the now Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys. Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, and the the Rams actually. The Rams when they had the the blue and yellow until Georgia Frontier, you know, decided well, let's go ahead and do the whole St. Louis thing. And to me, those those uniforms, just the look of them are just iconic. Like you normally wouldn't want to go wear those colors anywhere else but to a football game, but they work on the field. Yeah, man, I'll know? tell you one of my first jerseys I had. Um, <laughs> crazy enough, uh, was Orlando Pace jersey. Mm. It was one of the first jerseys I had. That's seventy six. It was the white with the the blue uh the blue trim on the uh shoulder and the yellow sleeves. Was it the royal was, blue like the yep. like the old? Oh man. Yep, yep. With like the actual right when the the ram like uh, horns was on the helmet. That was one of my first NFL jerseys I ever owned, uh, and I wore it every Friday. I, and that was about a three X. I was definitely uh, it was definitely oversized, but uh, you would have thought I was a Rams fan for when I was growing up. That was the first jersey I had. Yeah. I thought you guys had oh, oh, that color scheme that mm-hmm. those uni combos was uh, epic. There's something special about them for sure. And I think that's something the NFL has in every other sports league around. You, you talk basketball with like the Lakers, Celtics, or baseball with the Yankees. There's just something about the NFL jersey that, yep. especially those legacy teams that you just. You know, they look great. And when you mess with some, like when people, when they said they're going to change the Rams uniforms again, everybody's just, just like, go back to the old ones. Just go back to the old ones. And when they didn't, people were like me were like, oh, no, I'm not buying it. I'm not spending a dime. Heck no. That LA logo, that is hot garbage. And now we're five weeks in going, you know what? It's not too bad. It's not. You that. just got to warm up to it. People don't like change, <laughs> man. That's the biggest thing. We don't like change. Yeah, I think about, oh, man, I got to buy whole new uniforms all over again, whole new jerseys. But. Like you said, man, about week five, you warm up to it, you get used to it, and then you'll be right into an NFL oh, shop. I don't know that it's about change, though, man. I think it's for the – at least I'm not sure how it is out there, and I guess that could be the next question. But on the Rams side, they had focus groups galore on it, and then they went somewhere completely different with the design. And if, it was more of a feeling like they didn't listen to the fans at all, like at all, to trying to be modern. That was a problem, I think, that the, uh, the fan base had. didn't listen, but at least hit the colors right. Did Washington listen to the fans at least on the uniforms temporarily? There's nothing that changed, really. You look at our uniforms from, from a year ago, and everything that was like, if it was a logo, it got replaced with a W. Well, it got replaced with anything you replaced at all, it just got taken off. And if it said Redskins, it just got changed to Washington, right? So mm-hmm. our uniforms today look very similar to last year. They just, so there was no focus group on that at all. They just rolled out the same things, replaced the names. I mean, I'll take it yeah. that way. That's why I look at it. I guess, I mean, again, I'm mean, I'm still getting all the lowdown, all the stuff, and that takes us to now. Like we have Ron Rivera there, and we're sorry to hear about his cancer. Um, I think he's had Washington playing the tough, they, not winning football, but they they're they're playing tough football, at least from the outside looking in. And then Dwayne Haskins gets the bench. I'm an Ohio State guy. 
I know a lot about Dwayne Haskins. And my my thought process all along with him was he had to go to a team that had someone there that will develop him or he's going to be in trouble because he has all the tools, but he needs to be he needs someone who can help foster taking those tools and shaping them into a weapon. It doesn't seem like he's getting that in Washington, and it seems like they're, and from my point of view, doing him now an injustice by sending him to the bench to do what? It, yes. Am I wrong here? Uh, no, 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 no. It's 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 unfortunate. Um, and in my opinion, you look at this two ways, right? From a team standpoint, was it the move to make? In my opinion, no. In my opinion, no. Um, as a coach. Seeing, seeing his performance being mediocre at best, the consistency all over the place, right? He hasn't put together a complete game that will make you feel warm and fuzzy mm-hmm. going forward into the next week. It's, it's been inconsistent. It's been misreads. It's been some some bad throws. Um, it's been some bad decision making. And you don't want that at your quarterback position, especially as an incoming head coach. That I mean, quite. Quite honest and truly, there could be a conversation had that maybe this isn't Ron Rivera's guy, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. we we look over that because hey, this is your team, you're the head coach, fix it. But at the end of the day, like it's a business, and you hire me, I, I want to win or lose out the gate. If I'm being judged, I want I want to do it with people I'm comfortable with, and that's that's all he said today. He did a, a press conference today, and he kept echoing that oh, comfort, 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 comfort. Um, and he just didn't get that with Dwayne Haskins. Now, Dwayne Haskins, I feel watching him from from a microscope, um, there's a mental part of the game that that I believe that um, he he struggles with now, and and that's confidence, right? Um, I think he gets down on himself when he makes a bad pass because he knows, like you said, you know, fundamentally he has the tools to be successful. He just hasn't put it all together yet, and we keep screaming, "Oh, he needs time. He needs time. He needs time." But we both know at the quarterback position, you're not going to get a lot of time. You're not going to. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. You're not going to get a lot of time at the quarterback position. And you definitely don't get enough, get enough time when you're throwing picks, the turnovers, and your know, offensive coordinators actually do one thing and you go out and do another. So, um, development wise, I think this time, if he uses it effectively, right, um, go back to the drawing board, work on his mechanics, get more into the playbook, start to learn. Scott Turner's system a lot better. Mm-hmm. I think down the road he'll get another opportunity because I don't see Kyle Allen being the answer. I mean, the buzz on Kyle Allen is, is he's a mistake machine if you get pressure on him. Oh, absolutely, man. If you can get pressure on him, it, he's a turnover machine, unfortunately. But he knows Scott Turner's system, mm-hmm. right? And that's sometimes that, that can at least give you opportunity. And he hasn't made the mistakes this year. Like, we've only seen Dwayne Haskins. We didn't see a preseason, right? So, and and Dwayne, I mean, in Coach Rivera and Coach Turner's eyes, it's like, hey, we've we've had four games, we've seen what Dwayne can do. Let's roll, let's roll the dice on somebody else now. And they know what we can go back to. And I hate that game. The quarterback circus are, is, is is one of the worst things in the world. But they know what they have in Dwayne Haskins. So just give Kyle Allen opportunity with some live bullets, and we'll see what happens. So when it comes to Haskins, though. Is there anybody on the staff right now that can develop him? In your uh, opinion? in my opinion, I think Coach Turner has has the ability is whether or not he has the time. Right? Um, you're looking at a division that is atrocious right now. 
you, you're one and three, and you're still in a fight. You got four games coming up that are all divisional games. That literally, if you go on three of those, you call, the season is over. So, I don't think we have the time to properly develop Dwayne Haskins the way we would have if we had a full off season, if we had a full preseason. Um, so yeah, maybe down the line, but at this moment, at this junction in the season, no, we Scott Turner, who I think is the most qualified, does not have the turn time to properly develop Dwayne Haskins. But isn't that isn't that problematic? I mean, the, the Washington drafted Haskins to be their guy in the future. Wouldn't you think you would bring somebody in to develop him into that? That, had, that would make the time? So to say he doesn't have the time now, that tells me there's a lack of foresight in terms of the coaching staff there. Right, but we, we, again, we missed it. That's a whole different – that was a whole different regime. If you think a year ago, Jay Gruden mm-hmm. didn't even want Dwayne Haskins. Right. And Jay Gruden was he was titled the quarterback guru coming out of Cincinnati a few years back before he got the Washington job. And we saw that what, what played out with Robert Griffin, the third and Kirk Cousins, Colt McCoy, Case Keenum. Right. So we've seen before that he didn't he had a year where nobody believed in him before. You have a, a very, very tight offseason. And then your new coach is coming in. He's just straight evaluation mode. What can you do? Right. So. And for in Ron Rivera's defense, again, that's why people like bet it like they raised the eye when we traded for Kyle Allen. Like, mm-hmm. well, we trade for him, right? He brought he set set a process up to where look, if everything goes wrong, I have somebody that I can fall on to depend on that I'm not dealing with two guys that are completely clueless to what I want to do as a team. Um, so I, I think there's a little bit of foresight there. But again, you got to play the game. Dwayne yeah. Haskins was a first round pick. You got to give him an opportunity. It's his job to lose, right? And he earned the right to be a captain. He earned the right to start. But unfortunately, when the live bullets start flying, doing doing live games, it just everything we saw in the off season did not translate. So at some point, you got to accept that and um and, and give the next guy up an opportunity. Why didn't it translate? Uh, it's a lot of things, man. And depending on what side of the fence you're on, I would t- you either pro Haskins or anti Haskins. I'm pro Haskins. Okay, well, if you're pro, then you're on the side of the fans that blame everything but him, right? It's, we don't have enough offensive line well, help. I'm not that pro Haskins. not that pro Haskins. But that's what I, I'm saying. Though. Yeah. So you either hot or cold on him, right? So it's either you, his weapon, his his the surrounding cast mm-hmm. around him is not up to par, and it doesn't mm-hmm. allow him to be great, or you're anti, and he's the worst thing since, um, I don't know, name a quarterback. <laughs> but uh, it's just it's been a lot. lot. It's been a lot. We've had a lot. We've had a lot in Washington. And in my opinion, it's just it. It's a, it's a combination of both. It's a it's a development thing. It's a timing thing. It's a comprehension thing, understanding where got, certain guys should be at certain parts of the play. And you know from his Ohio State days, Dwayne Haskins is a gunslinger, mm-hmm. right? He, he, if, if you got a shallow crossing or a deep post, his eyes on that deep post 100% of the time, right? He, want, he wants the big play. Um, he just got to learn that hey, there's separations on the football field. And sometimes it's not bad to get a five-yard pass and get 30 yards yet versus getting 30 yards in the air, right? Um, and I think that'll come from watching Kyle Allen, who I think is going to be a lot of short game, um, dipping and dodging up the field, won't make too many mistakes, going to be very safe with the ball, maybe sometimes to a fault, um, versus where Dwayne Haskins, his, his, his eyes just, they don't translate, in my opinion, to the next read as fast as you would like it to. And sometimes it looks over the next read, trying to extend the play when you can't. Because you don't have the O-line that's going to give you four seconds in the pocket. Or you don't have the wide receivers that's going to create separation at eight yards. Well, you do in Terry McLaurin, but 
outside of that, you got a whole bunch of developing talent. You've lost. Yeah, I'm thinking though. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking of Jared Goff's development and the debate I hear where Jared Goff has been. It's been something similar, you know, in terms of reading progressions. It's something that we we see oftentimes in young quarterbacks. So when I think of Dwayne Haskins, and one thing I remember with Ohio State is, I remember the Michigan game when JT Barrett got hurt, and Ohio State was not playing well in that game. He came in and he won the game. This is before he became the starter the next year. Like I mean, this is when he showed what he his medal because I thought when I first saw him come in, I, his eyes got real big, and I, I thought, oh crap! And then he just took over and it was one of the more impressive clutch performances I've seen Ohio State quarterback make and that's saying something you know uh, so I know that he's got it in him I know he doesn't have the weapons in Washington but I also know that he can be stubborn so he's got his you know he's got his flaws and and I'm just wondering at this point what his future is in Washington to be benched all the way at third string that's a tough pill for anyone to swallow, let alone a first-round pick. And I kind of wonder where Rivera and this staff is going overall. Because I, I, when I look at the roster, I see talent. I don't see a whole lot of playmakers on offense like you mentioned. But there is talent there. What's the future in Washington? For Dwayne Haskins or just team overall? Dwayne Haskins. And what do you see overall for the future right now? Well, Dwayne Haskins right now is all on him. Uh, I, again, he needs to build some resiliency. Right, just take this as a notch, but don't, it's not over. It's a dark point, um, but I think how he how he uses this, whether he uses his motivation or just oh man, I knew I was better than this, and and just soaks in it, which is, who knows what his response is. He can use this as a great opportunity. Again, I don't think Cal Allen is a long term. He's not going to play, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the last twelve games of the season. Right, I just don't think his performance is going to warrant it. So there's going to come a part in this season where Dwayne Haskins has another shot. Will he be better than the first four games is the question. How will he use his time as a third stringer where he's not going to get any first first team reps in practice, if any, and he'll literally just be be watching. So this is a time to mentally grow your game. We both know he has the physical tools. It's the mental part of the game. So this is the perfect opportunity to do it. So um, I think the future is bright for him. Now, will it be in Washington? I, as a fan, hope so. I am legitly tired of the quarterback carousel. Um, we need to get somebody that we can build because we have a team. Now transition to your second question, part of this question. We have a team that is very hungry, that is very young, right, mm-hmm. and that is open to be developed. All right, our defensive line will will, in my opinion, overtake the Eagles' defensive line in the next by the end of this year. Right, the Eagles' defensive line has been the the standout in the NFC East. I think we challenge that now with, with the young guys we have. We need some more work in our secondary. I think our, our uh, Landon Collins, um, if you look at how much he's being paid to what, to his production, mm-hmm. um, there's a next step he can take, right? There's, there's the next step he can take. Troy Apke, I think as a free safety, we got some more. De- he's the one of the guy that needs to develop, right? He's, he's definitely needs to develop on the back end. I love our corners and our linebackers are playing hard. Offensively, our offensive line is growing. We've lost Brandon Sheriff again. All right, we're on a uh, we, for the last four years. We've been rotating linemen as if it's like French fries at McDonald's or something. 
but we just can't seem to keep a five for longer than five or six games. And we both know the offensive line is all about chemistry and, yeah. and understanding what the next guy's going to be. We have yet to be able to develop that over a, a long period of time. I love Antonio Gibson. Uh, uh, again, I think he's a highlight outside of Terry McLaurin. So, again, two hungry individuals that can make things happen when everything else is dark. And then you look at the rest of our staff, Isaiah Wright out of Temple. I love the pedigree, pedigree of talent that comes out of Temple. You get hungry players that got chips on their shoulders. And that's what I see when I look at the Washington football team. Everybody's counted us out for everything off the field, right? Well, you're, you got this going on. You're, it's a dumpster fire in Washington right now. And everybody's forgetting the 53 players, 64, 65, including practice squad, that still love and can play this game. So I see a hungry team that's about, in my opinion, about a year two years from being true contenders in the NFC. And we're, we're missing probably about three or four solid pieces um, to this puzzle. Uh, conversation with a couple of our guys and even, even with Tommy Polly over at Rams Brawl was that we felt like Washington has talent. But a lot of the things that happened in the offseason would make, would make it difficult for them. would, would in some ways, overshadow, be a distraction. They came out week one, <laughs> played pretty well, and they've been fighting ever since. I'm getting the feeling, though, that that initial belief was wrong. I'm, I'm seeing no mention of any of that stuff now, other than us having that introductory conversation about that. I, had, I mean, it really hadn't talked to anybody in the restaurants about it, watching football <laughs> about it. So... With the NFC East being, let's just be frank, it's pretty bad this year, just in terms of what we're seeing this oh, far. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, which blows my mind, because Dallas, to me, has a lot of talent. Philadelphia, at, in my view, has underperformed since winning the Super Bowl. It can, can Washington, do they have enough to maybe make a run at this this year, given the problems you're seeing in the division? I sure hope so. Uh, I will. I will say with with average quarterback play, which I think either quarterback on our on our roster can give us right now. Absolutely, we can make a, a run at winning this division as it stands now. Outside of that, I mean, you be you be you be exceeding expectations to actually mm-hmm. win a playoff game. But can we win the NFC East? Absolutely. Uh, you look at Dallas. You look at a, a very talented team. Um, and I've said this before to multiple people, but you, you, they fool. They satisfy. A lot of people in there may be, may be professionals um, as it pertains to, like, I'm, I'm, I got my money and I'm just going to play football now. It's not an indictment on them, but I just don't see the talent like we had in years past. Like, the Cleveland Browns just put up 49 points, right? And they are an onside kick away from being on four. Mm-hmm. They just they haven't done anything. You look at the Eagles, yeah, injuries aside, that's a team for years now that have they've always turned it on at the end of the season. They've they've relied on that switch to that that week fifteen plus magic that they've always relied on. They always just kind of need by until they need to turn it on. Maybe they don't have that switch this year, right? Maybe that that, that bulb is completely out and we've seen the end of the Eagles run and maybe some changes in this offseason. And the Giants on crazy enough, are right down there with the Washington team. They just don't have the all-season problems that we have. But that's another team that you can tell me the direction if you showed it to me in my face. They, they, they've, they've lost their only lifeline currently in Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones may be on par with, with, with Dwayne Haskins as far as developing. They have a brand-new coach that's his first time in the league, so I'm sure at some point 
he's definitely going to want his quarterback to build his system in the same way that Cliff Kingsbury did, um, the same way that uh, Matt uh, in Green Bay, Matt LaFleur. Uh, I'm probably butchering his name. I'm sorry. Uh, right. Yeah, right. With, yeah with, uh, with, with Jordan Love. And uh, even Sean McVay with Jared Goff having that opportunity to develop him. So um, it's a bad division, man. And I think just given the outlook on it, this is definitely a team with an experienced coach, with an experienced like personnel in right in right positions. They can make a run. Eight, six and eight could win this division. Nasty enough. I think we've seen that before a few years ago in the NFC South. I think a losing team won the division. So it could be done. I'm just thinking about the Giants last weekend. Uh, two weeks ago, we saw the Niners destroy him, but the Giants came in and surprised a lot of people. And it wasn't that there was, you know, obviously they have a lot of issues there, but they've got a foundation. That front seven for New York is something. And that gave us some fits. And so I'm th- as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, would, it would not surprise me come two years from now, we're talking about the Giants and the Redskins leading that division and not the Eagles and Cowboys. Because I don't really like the way, the direction either one of those teams is going, but I do see something in both what Washington's trying to do and what the Giants are trying to do. And speaking this, you know, speaking of front sevens, the one thing that really hurt the Rams last weekend was pressure that hadn't been there on Jared Goff in the first three games. What kind of pressure do you think Washington can create against this Rams offensive line? We have uh, a lot, actually. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, put Chase Young aside now. You still have Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Ryan Kerrigan, and Montez Sweat. Right? So you still have individuals that can, that can, that can get the quarterback – they're fast and explosive off the end and also in between the tackles, right? And then we, we're starting to blitz a lot um, with, with John Bostic and, and bringing pressure. So um, I think there's an opportunity for us to, again, if I'm a hot take here, um, about two or three sacks, I still see some stuff with Jared Goff that I'm not too much of a fan of. I still think he holds the ball a little too long um, in, in an attempt to extend, extend plays. So um, I think there's opportunities to be disruptive early, but in my opinion, we have to do it early. We have to do it early and often um, and, allow, and, and not allow Jared Goff to get comfortable. Um, once he does that, I think we might be in trouble. Um, and then our corner, we don't, we don't excel very much at man right now, <laughs> in my opinion. So um, it's, That might be a problem. Yeah, it, again, that's why I, I'm dependent, and in my opinion, if I'm looking at it from a, a scout standpoint, I'm, I am, again, early and often, I'm getting after Jared Goff. I'm, di- I'm disguising it. Landon Collins, I feel like it does a, a, a great job off the edge um, blitzing um, versus in space. And the same thing for, for Troy Apke. Um, so I think we, we disguise a lot. We blitz a lot. Do a lot of um, man under if possible. Man, and uh, get to the quarterback. But I think it's going to be a, a lot of opportunity for us this upcoming Sunday. So on the flip side, though, I mean, the Rams – their bread and butter really isn't the passing game. Everything runs off the running game. Where is Washington right now is stopping the run, especially against an offense like the Rams? Well, we've struggled with quarterbacks, right? We've, we've struggled with the, the elusive of quarterback. I think we're, we're allowing maybe around 120, 110. Um, I think the Ravens gave us fits because of what Lamar Jackson can do. Um, the Browns gave us fits off turnovers. Right. So, again, you uh, I think every turnover, Nick Chubbs came out and there were were touchdowns after the turnovers and before him, um, Kyler Murray. Right. 
So we've always had, in my opinion, had to worry about a two-headed monster in the backfield. The quarterback can take off and the running back can take off. I think Mm -hmm. this week with Jared Goff, we don't have that same problem. So we can solely concentrate on Henderson. um, uh, Is Cam Akers playing? Is he still hurt? He's back this weekend. Okay, so... And then I'm being Tallahassee myself originally. I know all about Cam Akers at Florida State and what mm-hmm. he can do. Um, so you, you have a two-headed monster there. Um, that could be a problem. And then y'all like to sneak like jet sweeps, I think, with Robert Woods as well and get him the ball. So We'll give everybody a jet sweep. We'll give an yeah, offensive lineman a jet sweep. Yeah. We pull coach <laughs> off. I mean, I, I actually have some frustration with it because they'll do anything like that. And I'm just thinking back to Todd Gurley days, 2017-2018, and – that's back when they were actually willing to do a running back screen. Now they'll give everybody else a screen except for the running back. It's like, listen, the the the, the Rams big. You know, if you if you can can the Rams up front in the running game, the Rams are in trouble. And part of that's because they don't really have a, a receiver that's a true like dominant guy. Like they have good receivers. They have guys who make you miss. Who are great route runners, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. There's no Holyfield Jones there. And if the Redskins can shut down the deep game, like the Giants did, quite frankly, then the Rams are in trouble. And one of the counters to that, though, would be able to actually have a functional screen game that would force the Redskins to... Not the Redskins. Jeez, why? Redskins game. Force... Well, you got to figure it out. We'll yeah, it. I know, right? <laughs> um, that would force the defense to... Think about a few things instead of just coming straight up. And they won't do it. And so while McVeigh has been a masterful thus far play calling, there are still some things they have issues with. And to me, Washington, if that front seven's in order, it won't matter where the secondary is because that front seven will be creating enough problems where they can't even run a play past 10 yards. That's why I'm asking about the run, too. No, I agree. I agree. And to your point about passing, I, I, two tight end sets gives us fits right now, right? Because our linebackers are not up to par to, to stick with, with, with tight ends. So that's been a Achilles heel, in, in my opinion, to this team. Um, we rely on linebackers and matchups. We've done a lot with uh, some other players that, to kind of take away those, those mismatches there. But with Tyler Higby um, and, and Gerald Everett, Mm-hmm. Um, you got two individuals that you can you can flex, right? You can line them up off the ball in space, and they can cause problems for us. Back to your running point, tackling. Mm-hmm. Tackling has been, uh, again, another issue we struggle with. And tackling in space, all right, we haven't um, – we don't, we don't run to the ball well. Oh, we just don't – we don't finish at the point of attack. I'll say we don't, we don't tackle through. We don't run through people. We, it's a lot of arm tackling. It's a lot of, a lot of whiffs. Especially from like our, our secondary position, so if you're able to penetrate and get to the second level, I think um, that may be they may be some problems for us um, on the edges. I don't think in your in, interior you won't be doing anything, in my opinion. Now off tackle and, and a lot of outside zones, you might have some opportunities, but I don't think you're going to do much um, in between the tackles. Now flipping around, the how well do you think this Redskins offense matches up with the Rams defense right now? Not very well at all, man. Y'all got this. Y'all got this monster. <laughs> I don't know if you know him. <laughs> oh, we know. <laughs> I don't know if you know him, but you have this monster that's going to cause all type of problems for us, man. And I uh, I even like what I see in your secondary a lot. Put Jalen Ramsey aside because I, I don't know his availability. I, I, I hope he does play. 
Um, but people sleep on Michael Brockers. He's still a big, in my opinion, still like a big part of your team up front. Um, I like what I've seen from Troy Hill in, in the limited games I've watched. So I think defensively, y'all got you don't you don't need much extra pressure than what you currently have in your defensive line against mm-hmm. a young, growing offensive line, right? Um, so that's already a problem. And I think we're going to be forced to get the ball out fast, do a lot of swing passes, keep everything underneath, and try to create for Terry McLaurin, which, in my opinion, I think you got the perfect, like, canceler and Jalen Ramsey in that, right? So it's going to be a game to where um, other players, Isaiah Wright, um, Antonio uh, Gandy-Golden, or Dontrez Iman, are going to have to step up and make plays because I think the weapons that we have, y'all have equal or if not better talent on the other side that can cancel them out of the game. So, and then again, if I'm looking at Cal Allen um, objectively, at least we have a quarterback now that, I won't say least, but a quarterback in this system that has a lot more familiarity with it, knows where the ball should go, can maybe identify mismatches early and capitalize on that. So I think it's going to be a long game for us offensively. I think it's going to be a slow start. Uh, I think we're going to come out of the quarter maybe in a hole, maybe seven to ten points, and then it's going to force us to get away from our normal game plan, which is, in my opinion, to establish a run and, and play off that. So the Rams linebackers are a problem, though. I mean, I was the, the, the Brockers up front with Aaron Donald. Brockers was a surprise last week. Brockers is consistent, but he's also, in my view, consistently been disappointing because he's never lived up to the first round moniker. But he and Don, the whole the whole defensive line last week was great against the Giants' offensive line. But it's the Giants' offensive line. Linebackers have been a problem for us, and so if there's a gap for the Redskins' offense, it's getting into the that middle of the field. Kaiser's been having a hard time with getting tackles in there. He got hurt last week. Troy Reader's inconsistent. There's opportunities there if the no. Redskins can attack the right place. Do you think right now they have the ability to do that, though? Absolutely. I think we do a lot with our two running back sets in uh, JT McKenzie and Antonio Gibson. Uh, there's a mismatch to be had. The only question is, is there, is there time for them to develop? All right. Um, I, st- I still think your linebackers, they're not to where they – they aren't supplemental pieces, but again, do we have the time to put create those mismatches to get individuals in open space and create those one-on-one matchups or tackles? That is my only concern. Um, right now, I haven't seen it. Again, I, I don't know if you know, there's this guy in 99. <laughs> <laughs> whatever but, game plans you come with, it, it, it will be just, you, you're going to have to account for him with more than one body, sometimes more than two bodies. Well, I mean, leaving a running back in to block. And so it changes a lot of stuff what you want to do. Well, that's the problem, though. You know, teams have been able to double, triple team him. And then nobody else shows up. Well, Leonard Floyd's coming on. Uh, I think, in my opinion, he's another guy that's another former first round pick that you got to that you got to be accounted for. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is out there? He's inconsistent. That's been. That was his bonker in Chicago. He's been inconsistent with us thus far too. He gets some. He gets a break though, considering he's still new there, and they didn't get a camp, so he gets somewhat of a break. It was nice to see him play well against the Giants, though. Yeah, so uh, he could be coming into his own now. He may be comfortable now. The game may be slowing down in a new environment for him. Maybe the stage was too big in the beginning. Whatever the case is, um, 
I'm looking at our offensive line and saying, yeah, they're doing an okay job, but we haven't mm-hmm. seen a, a collectively, in my opinion, a defensive line um, like what you guys are going to give us on on Sunday. And we have to be prepared for that. And I think attacking your linebackers with the running backs, in my opinion, um, will be a won't be a challenge, but finding creative ways to create those mismatches, right? And I think that's a that's the name of the game. And if we're able to do that and be successful, and I and we're not playing from behind, I can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. We can't start slow. If we start slow, we are in trouble. I think outside of the Eagles game, which and you look at that team, that's a team that imploded on themselves week one, and we were just so able to capitalize. When teams jump out to a lead on us, we don't we play horrible from behind, both offensively and defensively, right? So that's what we have to – within, in my opinion, the first two or three drives, we at least got to see a field goal. We, we got to put some on the board early. All right, well, I got to be honest, man. This has been a lot – I expected 15 minutes, and this has been 46 minutes of just – Great football talk, so I want to thank you. But I can't let you go without actually making a prediction. You know, because why not? Yeah, why I'm with not? You. <laughs> go for it. I'm with you. I think, in my opinion, this is a a 28-10 Los Angeles Rams game. Wow. I think uh, you guys, uh, you shut it down late, right, like into the third quarter, and then you just kind of go in protection mode and we we have some turnovers late, and uh, I think it's a twenty-eight to ten game, maybe fourteen-three at half. Yep. Right. Well, I'm I I gotta be honest. I'm nervous because Why is that? well, the first two weeks this team looked like okay, you know that they're they're better than we thought they're going to be. I mean, we thought there's a chance given all the turnover both on the roster, on the coaching staff, this team could be 0-3 to start the year. Not because they were bad, but because they were playing a tough schedule to start. They come out, they beat Dallas. They look really good beating Philly. And then they go to Buffalo. In that first half, they just play some of the worst football I've seen them play in a long time. Come back, almost, but then they go home and play the Giants. And the Giants do make, just remind us so much of some of the struggles from last year when that offense just couldn't get anything done. And it makes me wonder, you know, what is the real Rams team right now? Because there's a second, they're the second youngest team in the league. There is still some growing to do in terms of gelling with the coaching staff and everybody figuring out the role. Yeah, part of the prediction with that, yeah, they might start 0-3, but I figured looking at the schedule the rest of the way, they're going to go about 9-7. and That was my original line of thought. I just don't know where really after the first two games and then the struggles of the last two games, even with the win last week, I don't know really where they're at. I, I don't, it, they're, they're hard to kind of gauge right now because you see the potential for greatness and then you also see the glaring weaknesses. And the question is how, how well can they cover those weaknesses? There's a couple of them that they're not fixable this year. You're not going to fix the fact you don't have a full... 100% game breaker at wide receiver. A few teams can fix that. You, you're not going to fix linebacker this year in the, in the middle. You, that's something you're going to keep building through in the draft because they're not going to sign anybody. They don't have the money for it. So there's those gaps in the roster that remind me that I don't know where this team's going to be come January. And even I have no idea how good they are now. They, they look like Super Bowl contender one moment, and they look like garbage the next. 
So I'm really interested to see what happens out there. Yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. I, and I, I I'll tell you this: what I say, um, in, in my Washington circles, and people blow it off as whatever. But for for me, uh, my goals are win at home, win your division, right, and then you win the playoffs. Just those two. Just with everything going on that we like we discussed at the at the beginning of this podcast. The football game is a relief. It's the one time of the week where you're not dealing with mm-hmm. all the off-season talk and all this other stuff that's going around trying to team. You just get to play the game and enjoy it, right? So for me, it's just competing. We're not – if I was a betting man, we're an underdog in 90% of the games we play this year. I don't expect this week to be any different. I just want to see improvement and competing. And this team competes. They do. I haven't seen, I haven't seen much improvement. And I will say, I'll say this. When they get started, it's like a switch. Right. So mm-hmm. if they get a couple sacks early, they get a turnover, get some points off of it. Then you may be dealing with a different Washington football team. But if you're able, unfortunately, to you get up 10 points. Right. Then you then you're dealing with a, a different team. Right. And then you're able. That's why I say create some separation, manage the game is just protect the lead because this team doesn't have the individual on offense that can say, hey, get me the ball, move out the way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys, you don't have it either, <laughs> right? You got again a whole bunch, of, a lot of supplemental pieces that do a great job, but we don't have that. Am I Odell Beckham Jr. or Julio Jones yeah, or somebody yeah. like that on the outside that can? Everybody else will go on the other side. It's, it's going to be me and him. They're going to have to give him help or his problems. Uh, we don't have that guy yet. That game changer like that. Terry McLaurin is definitely on his way, right? But I, I feel like we got to do too much to get him in that in that position. I mean, for the Rams, a perfect game for a perfect game for the Rams will be a game where they come out there and they just take control of the running game right away and have a you know a couple of good seven, eight minute drives and then and then from there work the passing game. If they do that, this game's over. It's not they're, they're gonna be able to do whatever they want. And I'm wondering if that's possible with Washington. I do like a lot of Washington's pieces on defense. So I'm I'm very curious. This this is a curious game for me to to see. And they've been on the road a lot already. The Rams have too. So I'm wondering how much that wears on them. This is three out of four games on the road on the East Coast, for that matter. That wears. Yeah, I don't. This year, I don't. I don't, I don't know. But what I don't put it much stock in that. It's like a, a a traveling scrimmage. Like the whole atmosphere has changed. You're not dealing mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of stuff you would from a normal standpoint. So it's almost oh, like sure. a, a pre a preseason like. Uh, Training camp when you went and did another like a dual practice with another team. This one, this one just counts. So uh, I don't put any much stock to visiting travel um, like I did in years past. I'm not talking about like stadiums like home crowds. I'm talking about jet lag. I mean, the, the East Coast West Coast swings real. The drama is. I mean, I man that that haven't you haven't nah. you done the whole the cross country thing yet? I traveled a lot, man. I spent some time in the military, so I've been, oh yeah, where? Been all, well, I've been in Germany a couple of times. Yeah. Um, in, in the states, I've been in I've been all the way on, in Virginia, and I've mm-hmm. been all the way in El Paso, and like on like literally weekend trips, and that's and, that's going from Eastern Standard to Mountain. So was like and going overseas even? Did you? Did you didn't feel that jet lag? No, I mean, I, it, my no, honestly, no, I didn't. Like in Germany, it going to sleep sucked. Right? <laughs> but, <laughs> Because you're like, oh, man, I'm supposed to be up now. So that transition. Yeah, yeah. But once you're there in that moment, like, I don't I, – no. I don't think it weighs too much of a factor. If they start off slow, I'm sure you, somebody will use that as an excuse. So they were tired. They were jet lagged. But we're talking about professionals, man. This is planned in the trips. And we're going to go two or three days early so we can avoid that. Yeah. And 
the Rams have been pretty good with it overall, but I wonder at three out of four weeks. That is that does take a toll three out of four weeks. If it weeks. was three out of four weeks, maybe against the Titans, the Steelers, and then maybe oh, throw another team in there you want that that's an, a different tier, but um the Cow well, you played the Cowboys at home, right? Well we had that one was Buffalo on the road. Oh, so that's they, a tough they one. flew home. All right. Sorry, there was Philadelphia in the road. They flew home, then flew back to to play Buffalo, then went home, right. had that tough one with the Giants, then they're coming back east to the Redskins. Yeah, so I mean I don't and then you what then you're back home, but then you're in uh then they have the 49ers. Yeah, then you had the 49ers, then you're home again. So the last little stretch before you're, I think you're, that, you're on the well, no, I think Yeah, that that'll be great. Out. I was I loved the schedule when it came out. I was like, seriously, all of our tough games on the East Coast are in the fall, not the winter. Great. Let's do it. And the 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 price you pay is the potential for jet lag. And we'll nah, see how not a good this team. I would call this a trap game. I don't think if if anything, you're dealing with a team here that oh man, Washington they're going with Kyle Allen. Let's start focusing on on the 49ers, right? Uh, the, mm-hmm. Let's let's start worrying about like that. But I don't I don't see jet lag playing an issue. I can see focus. You get a lot of penalties early, some absent-minded plays, some early mistakes. I can see a situation where you're overlooking Washington, but I don't think jet lag plays a plays a factor. I'm not sure they overlook them though, because the, after the way they play the Giants. I mean, I, I would think they're going to be locked in this week compared to overlooking. Well, if you're locked in, you definitely not worry about jet lag. If you, if you yeah. personally feel like you left some on the table against, against Giants, you, you're, uh, you're better than an eight-point like, team. You, I'm, they should be 35-9 to nine against the Giants. You're definitely not going to feel that way about Washington on the road. You, it's a statement game for you. You know, you know, you know San Francisco is going to be watching. You, you have to prove a point. So. There is, but you also there's also this and and something I'm I'm more of a superstitious guy too, Ron. You know, I until you break the the traditional things, they stick with you. And what I mean is this: for some reason, the Redskins always give the Rams problems. The Rams will sneak a win on once in a while. But I'm talking thirty thirty five years of history. For some reason, they always do. And I know it's different players, different teams, but there's just something about the red teams when it comes to the Rams that the Redskins just find a way to just get under their skin, give them a hard time. I'm not saying they have it on Sunday, but that's always in the back of my mind. I'm one of those guys. And so when the when the Rams beat the Eagles this week this year, I was like freaking awesome because they hadn't beaten the Eagles in 16 years. So you know, I'm more of a superstitious kind of guy. Yeah, we haven't we haven't played you guys in a while. It's been a few years since the thing we beat y'all. Twenty, yeah, since yeah, you 20, beat us. 2017. 2017. Yep, twenty seventeen. And that game, Florida, us by the way, because we we were like on cloud nine the way McVeigh came out, and then it was a humbling loss. Like, wow, I mean, the Redskins really outplayed the Rams in that game. Where did yep. that come from? I mean, you're questioning everything about where the franchise is all of a sudden because we weren't we weren't used to them winning, and then they come back and. I mean, Washington pretty much dominated that game. Yep. So, yep. all right. But so, our recipe was on the ground. And it was sure was. Team. We wore down we the Rams. A, we had a tight end that was that could do things. We had some wide receivers and running backs. It was a totally different team, twenty seventeen, on both sides yeah. of the ball. So, I'm interested. So, can you tell folks where they can find you? Because I mean, this is. I don't think we've done a preview podcast. Where we just talked football for almost an hour before with the guests. So 
you've been great. Can you tell people where they can find you, your show? I mean, you've got content. I mean, where can they find you? Yeah, man. So um, at Rod BB, like Bravo Bravo 05, I am one half of the Burgundy Bros podcast with my amazing co-host, Steve Johnson. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Burgundy Bros Pod. Um, what, something we do independently and, and how we initially made that connection um, is a show we're starting up called What's the Game Plan? It's a, a trivia style show where we we pit two content creators against each other and we basically play like a what do you know about your opposing team. So hopefully down the line, I hope to get you on. I think it's a great a great show. I'm getting a lot of great feedback on it. So that's what I'm on now. And on YouTube at Burgundy Bros Podcast, we, we do visual podcasts as well as, like I said, the trivia show. So you can find all that content on Twitter and YouTube. And I'm, I'm always online to, to talk football, whether it be Washington, Rams or anything else i just love the game i'm a former like college player so um i just always been involved with it my entire life and i just love to talk about it and you can tell i got two more things for you one thank you for your service two oh thank you i serve two go navy beat army no That's negative cool. go army beat navy go army beat navy one of the funnest games of my life man that's what i played so i played uh, i played at west point so Playing in that uh that Army Navy game is somehow one of the, some of my best fondest memories, man. Well, in that with that in mind, I think it would be a great idea come Army Navy game this year if we reconnect. Oh yeah, absolutely. We absolutely. got you. It, okay. it only be right. Let's do it that. Only be right. All right. So Rod, thank you so much, and we will connect for Army Navy this year. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. Likewise, Derek. Man, thanks for having me, man. You have a wonderful evening. You too. So Rod, I'm going to have this out tomorrow. Um. Cause I have to, I'm not even going to do much else. Like we usually have a full other preview, but this was an hour of good stuff that I'm just going to, I didn't mean to go that long. I'm sorry. No, man. I loved it. It was like a, you know, I'm a lot like you. I, I love talking football. I can get into it for hours and get into so many different frames, kind of like where we were going. So this was good stuff. And, and with that in mind, right away, I do a mid season round table where I get a, you know, some podcasters from different teams. I want to ask you to come back for that too. And when we get to, you know, after week eight, let's, you know, do a, a look hey, back on the, the stories con- of the first half of the year, if you'd like to. Hey man, absolutely, man. You got my contact. I'm definitely around and available. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks so much and have a great one. Likewise, man. All right. Take care. All right. So again, that was a great Great interview. Had a lot of fun. It was really worth the extra time to stay up and talk with Rod. And we got to have him back. And hopefully we'll go visit his show eventually as well. It's time for us to go, though. It's time for us to enter uh, our weekend here at Rams Talk Radio. And if you could, though, before you sign off tonight, go to our Twitter page at Talk Rams and give us a follow. Give us a follow. Also, we really appreciate you checking out the Facebook page of our Rams Talk Room is the group, and then we have the Rams Talk page, and of course our website, where our writers are really doing some work this year at RamsTalk.net. We really appreciate your support. So, I'm Derek C. Paula. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paula, and we'll talk to you on Sunday night to look back on the Rams and the Washington football team. We're out.
can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.